good afternoon. Thank you for joining us for another installment of Procurement Innovation Channel, brought to you by GoProcure. We're very excited about today's show. I've been uh, looking to have uh, this person on for a long time. She is a thought leader in uh, global diversity, the vice president of global diversity at UPS. Chris Oswald, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Raj. Thanks for having me. I uh, I have been watching uh, Go Procure uh, for a while, and of course, working with your organization for a while, and uh, and excited to be with you today. Well, thank you. And uh, I would be remiss not to talk about how Chris is driving global diversity for UPS, but has had a extensive background at UPS within finance, strategy, customer facing operations and over 20 years, both here domestically in the United States, as well as abroad. Uh, Just an amazing background, which brings so much expertise and experience to this role. Chris, can you shed some light on some of the, you know, some of the great things you've done for UPS over the years? Sure. I mean, it, it is, um, you're, and you're very generous. Um, it, it's, it's actually now been over 30 years, 31 years um, at UPS. I started when I was 10. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, who, who thought, you know, 30 years, 31 years ago, uh, you know, I'm in college and I, I need a part-time job that it would turn into what it has, but it's been a great organization and, and one of the great things about it has been the diversity of experiences I've had. So, you know, I, I've done everything from unloading airplanes to being a UPS driver uh, in the Seattle area. Uh, but my management career um, has taken me mostly in customer-facing roles, designing processes, which it turns out, who knew, that I'm a process designer at heart. I, I'm, I'm happiest when I'm sitting mapping out processes and thinking about ways to optimize how things get done in an organization. So that's led me to customer service processes and tracking and claims and designing customer facing systems with our IT groups and, uh, and then opening call centers and financial service centers um, all over the world. You know, UPS has given me the opportunity to work in Europe and North Africa and Asia and, and uh, lived all over the United States. So it's been a fantastic ride um, and given me a, a real broad, um, knowledge of how UPS works across many of our business units from freight forwarding to, to, you know, traditional small package to ground freight to uh, uh, all sorts of bail innovations and other parts of our business to, uh, to serve our customers. So um, I feel very fortunate at UPS having been here so long, I've never had the same job uh, for more than three years in a row. So uh, it keeps it exciting. Wow. Just that it's absolutely a tremendous amount of world experience that you can't you can't emulate and you can't basically just take take from a book. So I'm sure you got some amazing stories. And then this year, I mean, UPS has been front and center. You know, we can talk about a number of you know pharmaceutical companies that are providing the vaccines, but with all the turmoil with the pandemic and the necessity of PPE and oxygen and generators. You know, I know full well of the hard work UPS has had to do with dealing with some of the supply chain challenges. I don't know how close you are to those, but if you want to shed some light on what you, you know, you've seen as some just massive successes and some sure. challenges that you guys are helping the whole world address. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Raj, I could not be more proud of my partners throughout our operations, our healthcare group, our delivery operations, our air network. Um, you know, when this pandemic started, 
and you know the air networks constrained down to a fraction of what they were and the world needed ppe that which was mostly sitting you know offshore um it was a herculean effort by a lot of folks um to uh to meet the needs of our customers keep our employees safe and keep the operation going and you know it was what i fell in love with ups about 31 years ago is that it's an organization where you know, we work together and we can get anything done. You know, when 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 it's time for the rubber to meet the road, we're going to be there. And uh, they pulled together and, and made some amazing things happen. Um, you know, we had to keep our employees safe, had to keep our customers safe. And then, you know, as we've all lived, and I've been working at home for over a year now myself, but we've become increasingly dependent upon um, just meeting our basic needs to live by having packages delivered to home. So the organization has been very busy uh, and I, I couldn't be more proud of how my partners have stepped up and, and delivered and to be a part of the whole vaccine delivery, not just in the U.S., but across the world. Um, you know, it, it's why I've stayed here so long and, and why I'll always consider UPS my home. You know, I, I without being self-serving or gratuitous here, um, I I've had a longstanding personal professional relationship with UPS um, I won't go into the details, but Chris and her organization, and this is for the listeners and other procurement folks that are listening, were phenomenal. I mean, we're talking about multiple, multiple calls over multiple months, late at night on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever needed to be done to get PPE out of China to our hospitals in New York and the Northeast. And I was just a facilitator, but the, all the hard and tough work was done on the ground. And all I can do is thank UPS as a customer facing team, as well as their leadership to execute. You know, I saw it close up and I mean, they were there uh, when sometimes they didn't even need to be there. So all I can do is thank you uh, for all of us that, you know, we're part of that supply chain and all the hard work you guys did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we finally, you know, finally codified our purpose. I think we, we've had our purpose forever, but we, fi- we finally wrote it down in the last year or so. And we talk about, moving the world forward by delivering what matters. And I, 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 you know, it's probably the best way to encapsulate what our people are committed to doing and what we've had to do over the last year. You know, we could probably spend a full segment on this, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, there's so many things having you on board because I, I don't know if you know this as well. I, and I know that, you know, you're, you mentioned process. So I'm going to kind of digress a little bit, but I spent, uh, a number of years as a master black belt at GE. So I know that you, you know, oh, yeah. the, the process, the irony is people who know me now probably think, Raj, process? I don't think you've used a mini tab or Excel in 15 <laughs> years. And they're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, if, if you can do that, that is the foundation of understanding how to make change happen. And, and maybe as we get a little older, we get a little bit away from some of the details from time to time. Yeah. But it does inform how to drive change in an organization. Yeah, and I, think, exactly. I think for young people, there's there's not a better skill to learn. Yeah, yeah you're exactly right. It's something that uh, now those things might seem like abacuses to younger people now, the things that we had to do back <laughs> in the 90s. But all well and good. But I mainly want to talk about, you know, and, and I know I don't want to embarrass Chris, but Chris serves on the board of directors of WeBank, which is the national chamber, chamber of the women's business uh, enterprise, uh, as well as on the board of directors of WeConnect. She's very active on the board of directors of the GMSDC, which is Georgia Minority Supply Development Council, and also on the vice chair of the board of directors of NMSDC. You've taken such a strong leadership role in working with these organizations, you know, and uh, I know we could talk about that, but I know that 
let's just be honest with the pandemic and everything that's happened with social justice, it's been a tough year for diverse firms and diverse organizations. Do you want to shed some light of the, you know, how have you guys been able to continue to uh, execute and meet and do things in this, you know, very bizarre year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, when I think of all those agencies that, that, that we work through, you know, it's been very important to us at UPS to continue our commitment to those agencies, even when, you know, the normal conferences and services and support, you know, couldn't quite be there uh, when we were all stuck at home. Um, the, the support we get um, from those agencies to help us find and identify diverse suppliers is so important. You know, I'll, I'll clarify one thing because I think that what this is one of the things I love for the for the NMSDC network itself. It's actually Jose Turkenich, our UPS CPO, who is the chair of that board. Uh, I said, I'm the vice chair of the NMSDC Business Consortium Fund, which is sort of the, the affiliate that does the financing and loans to MBEs. But the fact that we have our CPO as the chair of the NMSDC board is just another um, example of the commitment from the uh, from the organization. But, you know, uh, MBEs, WBEs, LGBTBEs, all, all the diverse firms, I mean, small business in general, but diverse firms certainly in particular and Black-owned firms um, extensively um, have really been impacted by this pandemic. So we have doubled down um, on our efforts to focus on uh, working with Black-owned firms and MBEs in particular, and um, really tried to adjust our strategy in the supplier diversity world to say, hey, listen, you know, for the first six months uh, after the pandemic hit, I embedded a person from my team in with our PPE purchasing team because we had to purchase so much PPE for ourselves um, that we bought most of that you know, through diverse suppliers. So it's just sort of pivoting and adjusting, just like a lot of businesses had to do to figure out where those opportunities are. But, you know, the thing is, when you understand the value that diverse diversity brings to your organization, certainly diversity in employees and absolutely diversity in your supply chain, then when a crisis hits, you're going to go there for the solution because that's where you trust the innovation is going to come from and the ability to pivot, the ability to react quickly often comes from a smaller supplier um, more effectively than a large organization that's dealing with, you know, overhead and, and, uh, and bureaucracy they've got to get through. So we see our partnership with diverse firms as a way to allow us to be nimble and allow us to be innovative. So, you know, that I'm going to go there first uh, when a crisis hits for sure. No, thanks for elaborating, you know, and also getting into, some of the blocking and tackling that UPS is doing. So I know you guys have always been on the forefront of developing great suppliers um, and also making sure that they're part of the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. You know, have you guys started taking a look at, I mean, this, this year, once again, we know is unique, but as you, as you come out and it's interesting, you also mentioned the business consortium fund, because I think we mm-hmm. both are well aware of how, I think the number that I heard from NMSDC is 41% of African-American owned businesses went under last mm-hmm. year. And that, that number is so troubling because, you know, I know you and I have talked about this. I've heard so many people talking about it, is that we do these things for the right uh, inclusive reasons as well as the right moral reasons. But we also recognize that the demographics in the country are radically shifting and want our supply bases to emulate the the customer bases we have. But when there's such a you know hit to those areas, what can you do? I mean, have you guys started taking a look at, you know, this is a best practice, but we know that we're, we got to do the next two to three years out. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, I'll say this. We don't have it all figured out yet for sure. So that, you know, we, we continually go back to the well and try to figure out how we do things better. But, you know, one of the things that I think that, that we have been working on the last couple of years and really ramped up more recently is the fact that our organization, and I think every corporation, you know, is a little bit different depending on your industry and how you work and so forth. But UPS is really in a very special position in that there are many ways that we can help um, diverse companies, you know, weather a storm like we've just been through uh, and, and thrive and grow over time. Certainly through our purchasing and the power of supplier diversity is an important one. I wouldn't do what I do if I didn't believe that for sure. But there are many other ways that we can support as well. So we have gotten much better aligned and coordinated throughout our organization over the last couple of years, whether it is through our marketing group, who is investing more with uh, incubators and, 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 and organizations like the Russell Center here in Atlanta, designed to help Black-owned businesses start and grow and get a strong foundation in, in profitable industries that will allow them to grow over time, uh, or whether it's through webinars or education or our program for uh, women's exporters. You know, we created a whole program around teaching women-owned businesses uh, the tools and the skills they need to reach global markets and then really help them with that blocking and tackling to say, you know, is your website ready to take orders globally? How do you ship globally? Do you have partners globally to execute? What's a good fulfillment strategy so that you can grow your business beyond the country you're starting in and, and really sort of focusing, what are the areas that UPS has particular skill and knowledge in that we can share with diverse firms um, to help them grow? And the fact that it is, we've recognized that the value we bring is, is supplier diversity is important for sure, but it's so much bigger than that. We can do so much more than that. And we're, we're increasingly coordinated bringing the foundation in so that our philanthropic investments align with our um, commitment to um, equity and justice and economic inclusion. So when you start to align that way, you start to amplify the benefits. So I'm very excited about the path that we're on, you know, ton more work to be done for sure. But, um, you know, it feels like we're cooking with gas. <laughs> no, I, you, you mentioned some amazing things. And once again, I don't want to make this a, uh... A, a, you know, a, a discussion of where Raj knows where UPS has done well. <laughs> I think they want to hear from Chris, but, you know, I, I know that, you know, I've heard Kat Marin at a number of events mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, as you mentioned, Jose has been very active in his new role at the NMSDC and as the CPO and your, and a number of his predecessors did the same thing. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I, I've, you know, as I chair the business process group of Georgia, I had Elba, Gallagher, who also is driving things on the women's uh, 50 movement. It's fantastic of all the things that you guys are tied in with. The thing that I was intrigued about that you just mentioned is on the the freight forwarding side and the delivery side of working with women. And is Mm -hmm. that a is that a global initiative or is that is that just domestic initiative? No, in fact, it started outside the U.S. So we we added the U.S. a little bit later. It started as uh, as a global initiative. Um, with a lot of work in Vietnam and Mexico and Dubai and uh, a couple other countries, I'm, I'm forgetting off the top of my head, um, it started very grassroots. This came out of our public affairs uh, group originally. They partnered with the foundation, pulled a few other UPS groups in together, 
uh, created a couple of partnerships and said, listen, we could look at, you know, how do we help with market access? How do we look at public policy, right? So our public affairs people could advocate for women's rights in countries where it's illegal for women to own a business, right? To open a bank account. So how can we leverage our, you know, government relations, public affairs staff in different parts of the world to help break down the barriers that women face when they're trying to start a business and grow a business. And then of course, you know, we're one of the largest brokerage companies, uh, you know, in the world and our, and our experience with international transportation makes it a natural that we can help with what is sometimes sort of a, an obstacle that's scarier than it is hard. Um, you know, when you're dealing with, you know, customs and tariffs and shipping and that sort of stuff. So we try to make that, that easy as well. You know, I'll be honest, I wasn't aware of all this. And now I have to ask other follow up questions because, <laughs> you know, one of the challenges is somebody is I've been tied to diversity now almost 25 years myself and procurement for 30 is the challenge. And just I'm going to be very make a very maybe generic comment is that the challenge of finding diverse vendors with the capital scalability capacity building who go on the direct side or the freight forwarding side or go on something that isn't services, right? I mean, that's always seems to be the, the, the obstacle, but that's fantastic okay. what UPS is doing. Has there been, and now this might be just pure uh, assumptive, but looking at helping those firms that might be in that same space here in African-American communities, Native American communities that really, they will probably need a little bit more capacity and scalability help? Well, you know, I... I would say there's absolutely interest, right? We got to figure out the, you know, the, the, the best way of the mechanics, but um, absolutely. Cause, cause you're right. It's, uh, you know, there is such a barrier just from a, a, you know, generational wealth, you know, that it requires to be able to invest in and start up and grow some of these, you know, asset heavy companies that if there's ways that UPS can help, um, we would absolutely explore those. I mean, we've got a handful of, you know, uh, ways that we help already. But I think that that's a particular area where, first of all, selfishly, from a, from a procurement standpoint, we need those suppliers, right? So what we yep. can do to help help more of those suppliers grow. But also, you know, what is so powerful at UPS is that the growth of small and medium businesses is part of our growth strategy, right? Economic inclusion, we, we value it so much, it is absolutely the right thing to do, right? We, we believe in it from a value standpoint, but we also know that you know a rising tide will lift our boat here right so the more economic inclusion that's out there the more small and diverse businesses grow the more they need services like ups so that's why we're willing to do some of these investments right and it's it is not difficult at all to go to the organization and say there's an opportunity here for us to support diverse businesses help them grow uh, they can be stronger suppliers they can be better customers and you know it, it links the whole organization together and it's why we think of this as a business strategy and not just a nice thing to do, right? Because it is a business strategy. It's how we're all going to grow. Yeah, right. I mean, the assumptive is that the we're working with great companies who already have strategies, products, and services. They're going to add value, cost savings, address compliance issues. Is The thing is that just we need to give them the opportunity to compete, which they had not had before. And, you know, without digressing too far, um, yeah, I know you and I have talked about this and have had this conversation is getting those folks to the table. And now that you mentioned what UPS is doing, there's some things we could probably have even a second conversation on, but I think I'll probably take it offline with you because 
one of the things that we're partnering with some of the councils on, and when I say we, it's a group of different companies are taking a look at how can we make certain in the entire ecosystem, you know, all the way from when a product or service is needed and a supplier is chosen, a payment is made, and then the execution of delivery, the freight forwarding, the logistics, the warehousing, and fulfillment is done and do we have diverse vendors all in that ecosystem you know mm-hmm. pretty extensive database ourselves here that we're trying to grow so it's something you and i can talk about but i think there's a great opportunity there because um as you said that once you get over the hurdle of barrier to entry as well and get a mindset of capacity building the, mm-hmm. sky's, the, li- the sky's the limit sorry for the pun there yeah <laughs> so so I'm just blown away with all these things that you guys are doing and that you're tied in with. So let, let's come back to um, a little bit more about, you know, Chris, you're, you're bringing such experience and real life area that you've been a part of globally. Um, do you foresee, you know, when we talk about diversity, we all have this lens. We're first focused on the United States, but does diversity are you looking at diversity solutions in other polls as well? I know you're helping deal with the issues on the women getting women business mm-hmm. started, but is it at the same process or is it a different, different evolution within other uh, countries? Yeah, it, it is. I mean, definitely when it comes to supplier diversity in particular, right? If we just focus on the supplier side for a second, the, um, you know, you know, we, we started with a US, strong U.S. focus, um, but we see value. This business strategy works in more parts of the world. So, you know, I, I added an additional uh, manager to my team this year specifically so I could have someone spend, you know, sort of 50% of the time fully dedicated to growing our supplier diversity strategy in more countries. So, um, so we, we uh, have launched our global website. We're starting to capture suppliers. We're members of lots of agencies in Canada and Europe and around the world uh, to start to identify and help get certified diverse businesses but what I'm really excited about is I think, you know, the strategy outside the U.S. has to be a little bit different. Diversity is different, all those things. And, you know, what we buy is different and our procurement structure is a little bit different. So, you know, one of the first areas we're focused on is um, transportation in Europe. So we have just launched with the help of the UPS Foundation and we connect an effort to go out and find and help develop transportation companies, women-owned transportation companies in Europe. So we're just outlining sort of what this program is going to look like. But, you know, we see that as, as, as a key area for growth in, the, in women's businesses and the transportation field. So, and WeConnect is going to help us figure out, um, you know, what role could we play to help those women-owned businesses grow? And, of course, we want to partner with them. So, you know, we want to help them grow, and then we want to partner with them and see what we could do. So, um, but I think we're going to have to be very focused that way outside the u.s because you know we're just we're buying a different mix of things and we can't you know be all things to all people so i'm a strong believer and find out specifically what you need and specifically what you're good at and if you have some skill sets that will help you solve your problems through diversity then you know let's go get our wins that way and so that's uh that's sort of where we're we're just really getting just getting started this year. We just got the funding approved to start the pro- the project with uh, with WeConnect just this month, so uh, we'll get it off the ground and see what we can do with it. Wow, this is so fantastic to hear. Um, and it, once again, there's another potential strategic relationship 
because ironically, and I probably would not do justice to mention the logos on the air here, but um, I was pulled into a global think tank that we're doing on visioning on looking for just what you mentioned in Europe and Asia. Mm-hmm. So it's something you and I have to take offline because I know there's a number of companies are basically desperate to find those vendors yep. and they, and they are kind of serve as a consortium of buying and moving. So okay. it's great to hear. Um, so, you know, you mentioned some of the global initiatives. Is there any initiative that you want to kind of highlight that's taking off this year and in the next three years domestically? I know you mentioned a lot of great stuff domestically, but is there anything you want to kind of highlight um, that UPS from a diversity of procurement standpoint is really earmarking that you're able to talk about. How about yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, you know, I am, I am, and, and we've laughed about this in the past. I'm a plain spoken, you know, person. I'm a, I'm a process person by nature. So my instinct is always to go to the fundamentals. It's not always, you know, super exciting to, to talk about, but we are very, very focused on reinforcing the fundamentals of our processes, um, uh, within the organization. But beyond that, um, you know, there's there's one area that I, I really see some incredible potential in. And we've only been working in this in about the last year or so. So I think there's still potential, but it's in transportation in the U.S., right? So when I came into to supplier diversity just three years ago at UPS, um, the percent of our, our purchase transportation spend with diverse companies was very, very low. Um, and we have been working diligently with that group. That group has been working very, very hard to find ways to bring in diverse companies into our, uh, when, when we do go to third-party transportation. And, uh, you know, they have probably at this point, I would say certainly more than tripled their spend with diverse suppliers in that agency. But we're, wow. we are we are working through, trying to figure out, is there a consortium model where we can help lots of smaller organizations bid as a unit? So we've been working through sort of a diverse transportation consortium model for a while where we bring in dozens of small diverse companies together and then their consortium leader sort of bids as a unit. So they're not competing as a bunch of individual small companies. They're competing as sort of a larger presence, um, which makes it you know, easier for them to, 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 to win some work from us. But, you know, it's, it's been it's been effective. But it hasn't lit, you know, lit the world on fire yet. So we are still tweaking. We brought in a consulting firm to, to sort of look at this model and advise us what can we do better. So we're going to continue to sort of play with this um, as well as look at you know, some of the constraints we may put around our own buying behavior. You know, Challenge ourselves on things like insurance requirements and size expectations and capacity expectations to see if we can bring in greater flexibility. So you know, it's that sort of work that you know, it's, it's not always the most exciting for, for people to think about, but I think um, when you when you focus on projects like that strategically, that's where, you know, that's where you start to see the gains. And when I start to see our transportation spend doubling and tripling where it was with diverse suppliers, um, I'm excited about what that could bring down the road. But, you know, it is a, it's a lesson learned. You know, you try things and, you know, you got to be willing to fail and restart and adjust. And if you're afraid of that, then, 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 then you can't make progress. So we'll keep iterating and, and adjusting and to see how far we can take it. Now that, that is so amazing because, and once again, don't want to embarrass you with this, is that it's, you're basically helping firms where your core competency is. You know, when we talk about diversity, and I'm not going to minimize what the great work that everybody does, but the first thought is, hey, 
I got a certain spend goal. Let me get to my spend goal. Let me find the lowest barrier to entry. So I'll go get a services staffing company or something like that to make Mm -hmm. my numbers. But you guys are actively working aggressively in the same space that you are. So you're passing that domain knowledge. And I think the, the great thing we should be doing, and I'll even kind of throw my leadership and my peers on this is, okay, where do we know purchases are taking place and goods have to move? This is a great opportunity to partner with UPS's program to let them know, hey, we know that there's million dollars or $10 million or whatever the number mm-hmm. is of purchases that are going to take place at this future time. Can we use this program to go ahead and move them? Because I think that's the other lift, right? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, because these companies need somebody who's going to let them past that tier two existence yep. so you know that's that's just great and i you know i cannot commend you and your leadership and your peers for doing something like this so i i, I could chris i got honest i could talk to you all day uh, but i i'm sensitive to the time that we have so um is there any last thoughts that you want to kind of leave with the audience you know we mm-hmm. have a number of diversity leaders and procurement leaders that listen to the show about you know where you see you know the innovative supplier process within supplier mm-hmm. diversity headed and, you know, any thought, last thoughts you may have in that space. Yeah. yeah I think, I think, um, and I've, I've been beating this drum for a couple of years now, but I, I think, and I, I'm excited because I'm starting to see little bits of movement. Um, but I think it's so important that we continue to expand the network. So, you know, a, a lot of companies, I've been down this road too, where you get frustrated because it's hard to find a diverse company to, to fill up a, a particular need. And you got to check yourself saying, are, are we looking at all the same places at all the same supplier lists? And, 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 you know, certified diverse suppliers make up a fraction of actual diverse suppliers. So what are we doing to make, to, to make our network bigger, right? Are we challenging ourselves on certification expectations? Are we really reaching out to where individuals are that could be a part of this network? You know, awareness of supplier diversity among business decision makers, right? And this is a, a, an organization called Tutology does a, does a, a research study uh, every year that we're a part of. It's single digit percentages. Single digit percentages of business decision makers uh, in this country are even aware that supplier diversity programs exist. So we need more corporations to be aware and engaged. We need more diverse businesses to be a part of this network, which means getting the word out, you know, lowering the barriers to be a part of this network, finding ways for diverse businesses to get value out of this network so they stay a part of it. Um, That's where a lot of my time goes, is how do we grow this network so that we are making more connections and growing more businesses? So, it's so important that if my three goals, right, increase the work we do and the spend we have with diverse businesses, make sure, of course, we're compliant to, to all the regulations and procedures we have. And number three is expand this network in every way. Corporations, MBEs uh, within my organization expand awareness and engagement and supplier diversity uh, because that, that's what it's going to take to make a real difference when it comes to economic inclusion. That is... Uh... Yeah, I can't, you couldn't, I don't think anybody could have said that better. I'm so glad to hear that. Um, so, you know, now personally on your aspect, you know, we, we would love to hold you here in Atlanta and this diverse role as long as we can, <laughs> but I, I, I don't want you to give away any secrets, but uh, what, what's the future hold for Chris? 
Well, you know, who knows? 31 years, but a great career. And I, and I you know, I, I don't want another career besides UPS. So, yeah. um, you know, we'll see. You know, Seattle is my home. It's where I come from. And so so my 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 end desire when I retire is to end to, to end up there. Um, so uh, but but uh, you know, I'm sticking with UPS until then, because it's been at this point, it's like a family, you know. You fight and you argue and you love each other and you grow together and I, I can't imagine life without them, but uh, but one day, one day I'll retire and, and move back to Seattle and you know kick my feet up and look at the water for a while and then then have to find something to occupy my days because uh, after after thirty plus years at UPS, you know working UPS style hours, uh, I think I'm gonna have to find something to keep me busy when I when I finally pull the plug here and retire. <laughs> And we didn't even get a chance to talk about the Seattle Sound, all the grunge music, the Washington Huskies, or throwing fish at Pike Place. I guess we're going to have to do that right. next time. You never you know. know. If, you, if you see me after I retire, I could end up with tattoos and all sorts of things. So Exactly. You know, I, I'll be going my by. My Seattle and roots will come you. out again. <laughs> I'll be watching you toss the salmon over there at Pike Place. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Chris. We truly appreciate you joining us. Uh, it's been an absolute, uh, you know, joy for me to hear, you know, and under tough circumstances that everybody's going through with the pandemic and some of the other things that we've had to address. And, you know, both Chris and UPS have been leaders. So thank you so much, Chris. Uh, well, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. And Ross, thanks for your leadership as well. I mean, you are so connected um, to uh, the community and, 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 and such an advocate and effective leader in this space yourself. Um, you know, it's finding partners like you to work with that makes this rewarding and, and, and really makes a difference. So thank you for your support as well. Oh, I really appreciate that. And for everybody, I, I'm going to make sure I'm going to make this promise that I will have Chris on again because I'm going to have to talk to her offline on all the great things she does. But uh, thank you so much for joining us for another installment of Procurement Innovation as we tackle supplier diversity with one of the top thought leaders in the country. So uh, we will get back with you very soon. Thanks for joining everyone.